Dress it up and make it real for me. <laughs> Whatever that fucking mean. Dirty soda in the styrofoam. Spill a day to get my mind blown. Dress it up and go to NASA. 200 miles on the dash. Got a roller pound up a gas. Switch your lanes in the Grand Rapids. We the one that kept it cool with all these niggas till these niggas start acting. Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie, nigga gone, let him have We ballin' like the Marsh Madness. All these cops shoot a nigga tragic. Well, 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 it's that time of year. My favorite time of year, to be honest with you. It's March Madness. And um, I am Jack Deem, also a member of the Tube Station podcast. This is a special edition episode, I guess, of the Tube Station podcast. It's going to be up on there. And if you're a Tube Station fan, you will know where to find it. But I am joined today by a different co-host, Chase Michelson, my former roommate at Michigan State and sports journalist wizard, if you may. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks, Jack. I uh, appreciate you having me. I, uh, I, I, I don't know if Noel's, this is maybe not his forte, it's not Pink Floyd, so. Right. No, good point. Um, you know, love Noel to death. He's a brother of mine, just as you are, but we are talking March Madness, and what I like to do, if you know me, um, is break it down as hard as possible, and I tr- honestly do try to get the perfect bracket. Like, I know it'll never happen, but, like, why not put effort into it? Like, I'm not just going to, like, pick. I'm not the guy who's like, oh, like, I like the color green. Like, I'm going to pick all the green teams. Like, that's a very mom thing to do, and respect to them. You and I have lived together for three tournaments. Uh, should have been a fourth, but um, and every time you would say, I think like you would like try to like on Thursday you'd be like okay I'm four for four like can I get there <laughs> and I was just like dude you have sixty three games to go like what are you talking about Well, if you're a March Madness fan, you know that the last Cinderella was Loyola Chicago and like I picked them to go to the Sweet Sixteen so like I was on such a high. I was like, I knew it. Like, yes, go me. And then um, didn't see them going to the Final Four, though. I will say that. But doesn't discredit the fact that I, I picked them. I mean, you probably didn't see them having, like getting to play Kansas State. Right. Like, like you know, Virginia was like maybe supposed to be there. And then they were just like, nah, we're piecing out here. So like that probably helped a lot. Exactly. And, um, you know, I texted you yesterday during the selection show and I was actually genuinely getting emotional. I mean, like I said, in all seriousness, like I do love March Madness. It's the best sporting event. And as sports fans that we are, like, it's my favorite thing, like maybe of the whole year. Favorite national event. So, um, you know, I was just overjoyed that we have gotten to this point after the just utter disappointment last year. Um, But Without further ado, I think we should get into it. You know who's not overjoyed right now? Louisville fans. Yes, (laughs) Louisville fans, which I actually have some dear friends that are Louisville fans and talked to them last night about it. And boy, are they upset. Um, Hit me. They immediately brought up the Kentucky AD situation. I don't know if you want to break it down for for those who may not know. I mean, I don't think there's like a ton to break down. Like the chairman of the selection committee is the Kentucky athletic director at Kentucky and Louisville are not friends so uh if you're listening in michigan it's michigan michigan state if you're listening in pennsylvania it's like pitt penn state but like worse i don't know like 
no. I don't know if Hawaii has like a rival necessarily, but like hundred percent. I mean, I'm just thinking like even like if you don't know college sports, like if the Steelers were like on the brink of like making it into the tournament, and then Ravens fans were like well below 500 no chance of like any success this season and they had the, the like final say in what the Steelers right. got to do um yeah. like it if would the just Ravens general manager was right. like yeah the Steelers don't get to make the playoffs this year it's like honestly insane like I actually haven't seen a ton about it on Twitter I'm just kind of shocked which is I was I was gonna say the same thing like I didn't see like a ton of conspiracy theories but maybe I, it's because I'm not like on Louisville Twitter like I'm sure right like I would imagine right. that, yeah, there are probably some... I mean, you, you said you talked to some Louisville people, and they're, they're upset. Right. So, I, I don't know. I just thought that was... That's gold, because, like, you know, I'm pretty indifferent about Louisville. Couldn't really care less, but yeah. just sucks for them, you know? You, you gotta feel for them. Um, it does suck for them, but, like, I mean, we can get into it a little bit. Like, I mean, I guess I would have put them in there, but, like, there just aren't 68 good teams so, like, I just can't feel that bad for you when, like, okay. So their resume is, like, they were 56 and the net, which is, like, the NCAA evaluation tool, which is a mess anyway. I don't know what the r- rules are about, like, um, language on this podcast. But there are it's no definitely rules. Okay, well, it's fucked. <laughs> the net is fucked. <laughs> but um, their quad one wins, which is, like, how they assess different like quadrants are like how you break up your opponents they were one in six against quad one teams so like Louisville was yeah wow because i know that's the knock on syracuse which we'll get to a little bit later oh, is they're yeah. one in oh, seven yeah. so yeah. like yeah but so louisville was one in six like whatever they lost by 45 points two different times <laughs> 45 points once like they just uh, didn't that game against north carolina was was just like unbelievable to watch during the regular season now they did come back from a COVID pause and i know that is the counter that if a louisville fan is out there listening they will bring up but you can't deny the fact that that's the result they got blown out by miami in basketball okay that's a quad three loss miami basketball is uh this is not the days of shane larkin like it's a it's not it's not great and uh again like got like massacred by my not that wasn't the forty five point, point win I think it was like a fifteen point win but like we're not competitive against Miami that's a yikes and this isn't the Shane Larkin uh, Lonnie Walker Miami no it's not the Lonnie Walker Miami it's not the Shane Larkin Miami it's not even the Rick Barry Miami <laughs> shout out to Rick Barry the Miami of my father's childhood um, before they literally dropped basketball in the seventies <laughs> they like did not play basketball for like twenty years um, but like the two teams that I thought were like. Um, I guess closest to being out or like the last two teams in the field were Drake and Wichita state and Drake, like whatever they were one and two in the quad one, but cause they play in the Missouri Valley. Like they don't have those opportunities, right. but they're all three quad one games were just against Loyola. They went one and two. Um, they won in overtime on Valentine's day. And that's why they, they're in the tournament. Like if they lost the game, they would not be in the tournament. Right. Um, whatever. They, but they lost, they like lost a Valparaiso and Bradley. Like there's some ugly losses in there. I um, was confused with the Wichita State selection, honestly, and I think that's the that's easy fine. one to point out, right? Because at the net they're sitting at like seventy eight or maybe a seventy two, right? 72, so something in there, agree. and I think Louisville sitting in the sixties. So like automatically they're just 
levels above Wichita State, at least in the net. And then obviously you compare the quad one, like it, it just it gets real similar uh, at that well, point. Here's the thing about Wichita. The reason that they're in the tournament is because they beat Houston on February 18th. Mm. So they beat a two seed. So a recent big win. Like, that's the reason. And, like, I get that you're sort of splitting hairs, but they're not in a power conference. They're in the American. They went two and three in quad one. But they beat Ole Miss head-to-head, which is, like, one of the first four out. Right. Right? So, like, they beat a team on the bubble, and then they beat a two seed. So, like... I, do I think Wichita State's like great? No, but like their best win is miles and miles better than any of these other teams' best win. Which apparently that logic just like doesn't count when it comes to Syracuse, and we'll get to that. But like, like <laughs> uh, I, I do think that like if you have good wins, like that should matter. Uh, yeah, no, the Syracuse point is is funny, but if Louisville should be bat- mad at anyone, it's not the Kentucky AD, Mitch, whatever the fuck. It's uh, our friends over in DC. Um, the Georgetown yeah, Hoyas. Yeah. What kind Have of a run? Shot did... that shot? Have you ever shot that shot? What kind of run are these dudes on? Like, honestly, it, it's starting to concern me at to the point where Seth Davis. You know, I mean, Seth Davis is the one who does the most ridiculous picks in the tournament by far. But he has Virginia them winning. Sharpie. Virginia but... <laughs> Sharpie, never forget Virginia Sharpie. <laughs> um, but he has them beating. Uh, where are they? Colorado. Colorado in the first round. I'm just like, all right, like let's pump the brakes. I know the Pac-12 isn't special, and we'll get to that later. But let's just talk Georgetown. Can they do this? Like, what is going on? Um, So I forgot that Georgetown was playing basketball this year, and then they showed up in the Big East tournament, and not only won, but like blew Creighton out. They were down 13 to six when I turned the game on. I turned, I like switched it off when it was like. 49 to like 23 like they went on some like it was like a 50 to 12 run like first of all Creighton what are we doing boys I mean we need to like stay on the plantation or something like that's you know I, I can't believe that Doug McDermott or that Craig McDermott said that that's uh, just not <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's besides the point. That is sorry. I know we're way. I know we're way on topic. But um, Georgetown is yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're not good. Like they have a losing record. Right, they're so, like, thirteen and twelve now. So like, literally oh, without I, the I tournament, they'd be well under five hundred. But I apologize. Um, they're not, they're not like you record. said, yeah. In that championship game against Creighton, it was just like the most bizarre thing I've seen in a while in college basketball. They ended the first half on a twenty-three to two-one run that put them up eighteen at the half, and then they started the second half on a sixteen to three run. So by that point, they're now up a thousand points. Like it's to the point where like both teams like know what's going to happen literally there was no chance of a comeback so i don't know if georgetown is legit um that's kind of for for you to decide but i'm a big believer that coming into the tournament hot is maybe a top three like most important thing in terms of judging whether a team could continue success that they're not used to yeah um kudus wahab i think that's how you say it kudus wahab um, he's actually awesome. He's, like, a big that, like, it's cool to, like, Patrick Ewing has, like, kind of, like, trained these, like, bigs to, like, be, like, great. Like, I think that's, like, I love like, John Howard working with Hunter Dickinson, for example. Right. Um, but I, I just, like, their guards are not good. So, like, I don't, like, they've played well for, like, four straight days in Madison Square Garden. But, like, during the year, like, uh, Sh- uh, Shadir Bio, a Javon player, like they're not like good players. Like they both have super high turnover rates, and like 
they can't shoot. So those are two important things right? Um, for guard play, and they are bad at both of those things. And the bottom line is the reason they've won these games in the Big East tournament, as we'll wrap up our talk on Georgetown, is they have shot really well, abnormally well, yes. and they've right. played smart in big moments. Now, these are freshman guards that are bad at shooting. So these are like two abnormal things that are quickly going to turn south at least at some point i don't know if it'll be in the first round i'd like to bet that it is but i just don't see them continuing the success as these freshman guards like coming in just like playing for georgetown mac mcclung's not even there why am i even watching this team but um i just i don't see it yeah no i i hear you like you know the question is like is this a cinderella team like they already are (laughs) right right? like they already (laughs) they've like already passed that point yeah, like, like I would think, like, Midnight has to approach at some point, because, like, again, like, you know, like, Cinderella was at least pretty. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like right. they, like, Georgetown is just if the ugly stepsisters got to go to the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, that's Georgetown. Like, and their two ugly sister, uh, stepsisters are Shadir Bile and Javon Blair. Like, right. those are the ugly stepsisters, and they're not good at basketball. You'd be like, what are these, what are they doing here? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know who is genuinely not good is Oregon State. And that hey. is the hilarious team that is in, in the tournament for me. Because Georgetown, obviously, massive name, massive basketball culture. And then you got Oregon State just limping in here like, oh, hey, guy. Like, they're like, if the bouncer's, like, checking IDs and they, like, literally sneak right behind the bouncer, just unseen. They look like they're 16. Like, no chance they would have gotten in otherwise. Um, but here they are. Gary Payton magic. That's what that is. True. The fact that he was at that game against Colorado I mean, that, in the Pac-12 championship, did that have anything to do with it? People are when, talking. When I, I, when I saw him in the stands, I was like, uh-oh. Like this. <laughs> like, uh, I think Jared Lucas is a good player. Um, so, like, he actually, like, doesn't suck, which is nice. Um, like, he's a 40% three-point shooter. Um, like, handles the ball really, pretty well and nice offensive rating and stuff. Actually, pretty high offensive rating. But... Um, the rest of their team's not great, and Colorado, I don't know what the hell happened to Colorado in that game, because, like, Colorado played really well in that tournament, and then they just missed every shot. Completely agree. And that's kind of this weird love triangle that we have right here, right, is Colorado's now playing Georgetown in this first-round game and just came off this weird loss to the other Georgetown, which is an Oregon State team that, you know, came into the, the season as picked last in the Pac-12, I believe, is what they were talking about yesterday. Right. And, that was actually cool. uh, Right. And so it, and now here they are. So you really just don't know what to think of these three teams right now, and it's just funny that it fell into play this way, and Louisville is on the, the brunt end of the stick. Yeah, again, like, do I think Louisville should have been in over Drake? Like, probably yes. Um, do I feel bad for Louisville? No. No. <laughs> like all, all you know what they had to do beat duke if they had beat duke in the conference tournament they would be in and then they did it or they could you know i mean they could have like stayed in the game versus a terrible miami team they could have tried that <laughs> yeah just like just like lose bravely right against exactly miami. show some kind of dignity over there in louisville kentucky but um you know, that's that's all I'll say about the first four out situation. And, um, you know, you have to feel for those teams because I think a lot of people are excited for this tournament. And 
Louisville is the rare group that is not. I mean, I just, I don't know how to say this in like a non-douchebag, but I, I think it's so funny when like big teams get left out. Same. It's so funny. It's right. hilarious. Um, I mean, I texted you and I was like, dude, like as we go into this final bracket, like at least one team out of the following is not going to make it. Maryland, Louisville, Michigan State, and uh, UCLA. So just yeah. massive, massive right. uh, All of those teams schools. have won national championships and only one of them has only won one. Like Maryland's won one title. UCLA has the most titles. So you say has two. Right. Louisville has like three or four. Well, well, oh. they have... <laughs> they, no, it was they funny. have two on the books. Uh, it was funny on the Bracketology show on ESPN last night. Like they were showing like four versus 13, like all time, the record. And then underneath is like the parentheses, like includes vacated wins. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So now like I have to start incorporating like, oh, do the vacated wins count? Do they not when in this scenario? I think, like, I think that um, the first Fab Five team that made the final four was a four seed. I could be wrong about that. But mm. um, that's the one that jumped out to me because Louisville was a one seed when their their title winning team over Michigan was a one seed. Right. But I believe that Fab Five team that obviously was vacated. <laughs> um, right. So um, we'll talk Michigan State. I'm, I, I hope we have a lot of Michigan State listeners now and they've been dying to hear what we have to say. Because I don't know. I feel like we're seen as like <laughs> gods to those who know us uh, on campus, like in terms of sports knowledge, especially yeah. you. Um, so we'll talk Michigan State. I don't know if I you just, have any opening thoughts on like being placed where they were. I mean, like, do you just want like we do you want to talk about Michigan State or do you want to just talk about Michigan State versus Syracuse and just the travesty that that was? Um, well, it's a confusing situation to be quite honest with you because you know, in in every sense. I saw Syracuse as further on the bubble than Michigan State was, Correct. basically for the past three weeks. Um, because they're not good at basketball. Right. So Syracuse, I did check out their last couple games. I mean, they, they've they won almost all of them. Um, that, good for them. So they're like, I guess you could say that what I always talk about. They're coming in slightly hot. Um, they're getting a lot of credit for losing a close game to a not that good Virginia team that apparently like was riddled with coronavirus. <laughs> so, like, that's, they like, like can't what? even breathe. Like they're literally like right. gasping for air during the game. They can't even like fathom what health feels like at the time, and they're just like burying it because they know if they get caught, like they'll be in the exact same situation they're in right now. So yeah, that is kind of funny. Um, I don't understand how Syracuse doesn't have coronavirus. Like, if everyone on Virginia had coronavirus and they were playing against each other for two hours, like, this well, is, all right. We're, now we're, we're getting political. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, is coronavirus a conspiracy? No, but, um, yeah, Syracuse and Michigan State, I don't know how these teams got placed where they are. Well, it's because of the net, <clears throat> which, again, is fucked. So MSU is 70 in the net and Syracuse is 40. What? Which I guess makes sense until you reflect that Syracuse, again, is 1 in 7 against Q1 teams, like you said. Right. What the hell? Like, they just can't even beat a good team. They can't right. beat one. Michigan State is 5 and 10 against Q1 teams, which, again, like, that just shows you, like, the Big Ten is just outrageously stacked. 
What's crazy is one of the last ACC games Syracuse played was uh, a home game versus a red-hot UNC team, and they end up winning that game by two points. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is one of those that's, things that, like, that was their... Right, but I think that's their Michigan State-Maryland game, you know, and they okay. came out on top in that sense. Not saying, like, you know, we had to win to beat Maryland to, to do anything, really, of substance, considering our top wins over the past month, but... I think they, like, capitalized in that weird scenario. And, like, I don't know how, like you said, how the networks or how they chose this at all. But I have to think that came into play. I mean, how, how on earth does a team that has five Q1 wins? So if, if the net is based around, right. like, this is just the quadrant. Right. Isn't the net based around the quadrant system? Yes. Okay, yes. So. so how can a team that has five Q1 wins somehow be 30 spots lower in the same like evaluation tool as a team that went one and seven. Like I, I just want to like, it just doesn't like, I'm not even like, it's not like I'm not always oh, a conspiracy. It's Michigan State. I just like, I literally just want things to make sense. Like I grew up a Syracuse fan. Like my dad went to Syracuse. Right. I just, I just don't, I don't get it. It's not that I'm like upset about it or like, I'm like, Oh, this is wrong. This is unfair. I just like, don't understand it. I completely agree. And, um, you know, let's preview these. Let's just say there's two Michigan State games ahead in the tournament guaranteed. We're not saying there are by any means. But for our Michigan State fans out there who I'm sure sure the delusional ones think that this UCLA game is a lock, which it is not. But let's talk and preview uh, these next two games. Now, I did see a tweet today that said UCLA is an abnormally small team. Like, they are tiny, which bodes... Well, you'd think for us because we are also a small team. However, Maryland is also a small team, and they just like seem to have our number. Well, actually, UCLA is like a decent defensive team too, but Maryland's like a really good defensive team. I think that's part of the reason. We'll get to Maryland later. Like I, Maryland, I hate Maryland, um, <laughs> but I just, I just don't like watching them play basketball. Like it just, it just makes me like want to watch basketball less. You don't like um, Wiggins posters, <laughs> dude. I don't Maryland's like. Uh, conference tournament season, it was like, oh man, like too much basketball. That's impossible. Like I'm just having so much fun. I have two TVs in my room. Like I'm just like flipping back and forth, like watching. At, except for Maryland, I was like, this is too much basketball. Like I was like, <laughs> I don't want to watch this anymore. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I mean, UCLA, UCLA is decent. They don't have like a great resume. But what would you say are like keys to victory for this UCLA game specifically? Rebounding, right. Because UCLA, UCLA uh, has like a crazy high offensive rebounding percentage, um, and their guards rebound. So like their guards that crash their glass, like they don't get back on defense. They like, everybody crashes, which is like kind of like a seventh grade strategy, but whatever. Um, so like Michigan State has to get defensive because like otherwise it'll just be. Um, there have been situations this year where Michigan State's not looked like the typical Michigan State team in terms of like just giving up thousands of offensive rebounds. Like it was like that against Rutgers mm-hmm. when they got blown up by Rutgers. Like Rutgers just had the ball at all times. And so that's a huge key. Um and then obviously like Aaron Henry, like he's become a different player in the past month. Um and that's that's important in tournament situations. Like I, I do believe that like the best player on the court matters. A lot. Like I think that matters a lot in terms. Of, like, you know, I think if you have the best player, you can beat teams that might be better than you. Hundred percent. And um, you know, let's just say they do win this game and they move on to 
Um, a BYU team that Mark Few, uh, Gonzaga head coach, actually praised yesterday during his time when he could have, like, stunted on everyone, been like, yeah, we're undefeated as fuck. Like, we're literally amazing for, you know, undeniably amazing. You know, when Gonzaga normally right. comes into the tournament and everyone's like, oh, like, yeah, they're undefeated. Blah, blah, blah. Like, No, they're actually amazing this year. And um, he ends up talking on ESPN for a good amount of time about this BYU team, how well coached they are, well disciplined, and they have Purdue transfer Matt Harms, who any Michigan State basketball fan knows very well. The hair. I hate this dude. Like, this dude has something in my mind that I'm just like, I never want to see this dude again, and I thought I never would, Um, but here we are. Well, dude, he was on Titus and Tate, like, last summer after he transferred. He's like awesome, really. Yeah, it's it's like I, I don't I hate to like burst your but like he's actually like cool. He has like no accent, which is weird because he's like from Holland, and he looks but, like, like he, he has an accent. Like just to, yeah. and you look him in the face, you're like Bond this villain. dude has an accent. Bond villain, like <laughs> looks like a Bond villain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know, if we do get to that point, it would be I would guess a really good game. You know, like you yeah. said, I think personally, what you haven't mentioned, the X factor, is Rocket Watts, like what kind of a rocket watts are we going to see because he is in a zone right now that i don't know if i even like like i don't know if i like the zone he's in there's one thing we know for sure and that is that he will take contested long twos good point will they go in statistically probably not right (laughs) um he was hitting against uh michigan yeah so Um, who knows if we'll see that Rocket Watts? Probably not. But it's really less about his scoring and more about, like, can he be the point guard that Michigan State needs him to be in terms of running an offense? And No. No, right. <laughs> the answer is no. But he could surprise us like he did against Michigan, and who knows? That could drive us as far as people think. I mean, in Bracketology on ESPN yesterday, um, a couple of the guys had Michigan State going to the Sweet 16, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> it's it's just like the, the brand is strong. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, well, know, and, it's, like, it's one of those scenarios, too, where, like, again, we're not trying to ride the Michigan State train as we are the alums, but, like, doubting Tom Izzo is almost like doubting Tom Brady. Like, right. you know, in the sense that you, you can only be so successful when the tournament comes around, and Izzo is basically as successful as any human could possibly be. Right, I mean, he does have a month named after him. Um, true. Well, I don't even know what is March is. Is that what true. they do in parades? Because it's not a month. Fair, true. But, like, I, <laughs> it is funny because, like, um, you'll see, like, Michigan fans uh, be like, I don't know how, like, Tom Izzo's Mr. March when he has, like, one national championship. And it's like, first of all, national championships play in April. So, like, that's... I was going to say, like, the eight times, like, you got to the Final Four in 20 years. Like, I don't know what you're at. Like, what do you think? Like, teams that aren't top-level teams, like, there's just, like, one team in the past 20 years that wasn't, like, a top-five team during the year that won the title, and that was UConn in 2014. So if your team isn't that good, like, it will not win the title. It's, like, right. never happened. Mm-hmm. One time. But not great teams reach Final Four all the time. It just happens to be Michigan State over and over and over. Right. And we don't have an answer for why. We really don't. All we have is one word, and that's Izzo. Um, We will finish up now with 
A couple of the other quick headlines. Rick Pitino back in the tournament. He's brought five teams to the tournament. This dude's on another level, both in recruiting tactics and in coaching basketball. Um, I think it's undeniable. Speed of sex. <laughs> Fun fact. Where was his first head coaching job? Okay, so I ju- I didn't know. I don't, did I text you about this? Sorry, I texted yes, somebody else. you text. Okay, I think yeah. you text. Yeah, yeah. So I like didn't know that he coached at Boston University. But where uh, was his first head coaching oh, job? Oh, Hawaii. It was. He was yeah. the interim head coach at the University yeah. of Hawaii. That yeah. is pretty funny. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to pick him really bad, but he's playing the best team in the SEC, and his team is like 15 and 12. Or no, they're they're like twelve and five. Yeah, they're twelve and five. So that was they the thing. Like they, they didn't play. Like they just literally took like three months off for COVID. In, in fairness to Patino, before the season started, he was like, I don't think we should start the season yet. Like we should wait till like people are vaccinated. And people were like, Oh, that Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly Rick. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like but like he objectively he's right. And then like like lo and behold, like his team like had to be paused forever. Like, it's not that right. shocking. Um, and, and then yeah. we'll talk COVID for a second. You know, Virginia just got released that Virginia cannot travel to Indianapolis until Friday for a Saturday tip. Um, they can't practice until Thursday at the soonest if they, like, all their protocols go well. So they will have gone over a week without even playing basketball together. Well, or, like, leaving their dorm rooms. Right. Like, that's the thing that people don't understand about, like, what the athletes are going for, going through. is like, people are like, oh, my God, quarantine sucks. Like, I can't do X, Y, and Z. But, like, you can. Right. Like, these guys can't. Like, they will be basically, like, get kicked off the team and stuff. Right. Like, if they, like, break COVID protocols. Which, like, it's not just, like, throwing a rager. It's also just, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, are they, like, allowed to have, like, chicks over? Like, what is the, like, rule on that? Like, it's nuts. I seriously doubt it. And... Like you said, like these are guys who they want to get to the tournament. These are the ACC champions. Like right. I'm sure they are locking the themselves in this room. They're the defending national champions. They're the defending right. national champions. I'm sure they're locking themselves in this room. Like please, like we need to play this game. Like they're they're right. probably very scared right now. Um, kind of the opposite of Duke's reaction. Hundred percent. <laughs> Duke was like, oh thank God. They're like, they're like it's over. It's <laughs> finally over. Yes. Jalen Johnson, you were right. <laughs> yeah. They're like sobbing, like crying themselves to sleep, like out of happiness. They're like, "It's over, guys. It's we the, made it's it like through." The, it's like the gift of Big Cat posts of like Coach Kayla collapsing, yeah, just collapsing <laughs> on the floor and just laying down. That was all Duke fans when they found out their season would finally be over. Um, so good. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there, um, and we'll transition into our picks for the best first round matchups and, and kind of get into a more analytical lens um, of the tournament. Um, I, I just want to start talking about Virginia, Ohio, because I do think it's an interesting scenario because um, what's this guy's name? Jalen Preston is apparently Jason, a, Jason. Jason Preston. Yeah. He's a stud for OU. He's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, oh you. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Virginia will have their hands full regardless of, of the COVID situation. I do think if this never happened to Virginia, they wouldn't really have a serious problem. I'm sure it would be a good game regardless. But let's just say Virginia cannot practice till Thursday, which is looking like they can't travel till Friday for a Saturday tip. Or let's talk about if Louisville just like pops in. Right They're now. just like, yo. Right if Patino was still at Louisville, 
he would make sure that Virginia had coronavirus. Like, and not, like he, he would. would like, I mean, would he play like the card, which is like send strippers to Virginia, that's, Charlottesville, that's the, the McCarty Hall, right? That was the like dorm. But like, yeah, true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, now, would he COVID infest them, or would he like blackmail it so like they would get caught with them? I mean. I don't. I don't think the Rick Pitino. Actually, I know for a fact that like, Rick Pitino does not like when people extort him. So, <laughs> I like. I mean, like that lady did like extort him for like a million dollars and was like, "Yeah, like I had an abortion, like because yeah." And Rick Pitino <laughs> testified in court it that could, he had sex for fifteen seconds. So I just it, want that it, on the record. It got it got dark and it got weird. Um, but anyway, testified in court. <laughs> Uh, do you have any analytical statistics to provide for this Virginia-Ohio matchup? Because um, I know our Ohio friends are wondering if they have a chance. Well, I don't think Virginia's like that good. Like, Virginia is, is the same type of team that we're used to seeing from them, but they don't really have the talent level. Like, Jay Huff's their best player. He's fine. But, like, like so the title team had Jodger Hunter, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome. Like, these are NBA players. Three NBA players. Uh, the previous teams had, like, Malcolm Brogdon, London Parentis, like, guys that are, like, getting drafted, like, matter. Um, this Virginia team is not as talented. And so they do all their, like, boring shit, but it doesn't work as well if you can't just, like, pass the ball to an NBA player and, like, let him, like, figure it out. Um, like, offensively, they have, they, you know, their their offensive system is really methodical. And Ohio's, like, actually a decent defensive team. So, I don't know. I think Ohio has a chance. Um... The problem is, like, we'll get to this a little bit later, but, like, I just trust teams that, like, have been there before. Same. And, like, Virginia, like, there's not a situation in which Virginia can panic because it can't possibly be worse. <laughs> it, it can't. <laughs> right. It physically cannot. I mean, I and, guess they could show up, like, an hour before tip, like, straight <laughs> off the bus. Like, yeah, literally, like, players are still sweating, like, from the COVID. Yeah. Like, yeah. um but yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Virginia, they've just been systeming the fuck out of teams. Like, just being like, this is Virginia basketball and you're going to like it. And Ohio just hasn't been there. And they have, like, this exciting guard who is an upperclassman, but I just think they're, like, outnumbered. So this current Ohio team hasn't been there. But Ohio has, right. in the past, pulled two major upsets um, in, like, fairly recent memory. I think it'd be I want to say Georgetown maybe, uh, maybe Purdue something like that. They but and they, they like they've done they they've had they've had multiple wins as a uh, seed in the teens mm. um, in like the past ten years, which is like good for them, right? And that is an interesting note. You know, do they have the same coach? I think so, because that would be also very interesting. But uh, yeah, by any means, I mean, like I said, we we're starting to name our best first round matchups at this point. And um, this is absolutely one of them. And I'll be excited for my Ohio friends um, if they do pull this off. Virginia is no, uh, what is it, stranger to bizarre upsets. So, Yeah, well, people obviously remember the UMBC game. But what a lot of people probably don't remember is that the following year, the year they eventually won the national championship, they were down double digits in the first half to 16 seed Gardner-Webb. And yes. it was like, oh my god, it's literally happening again. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. Um, and then Kyle Guy was just like, no. <laughs> yeah, 
and then they pulled it off and then they, they uh, won the national championship and I wrote a national award winning story about it not a big deal yeah. um yeah, dude. Other <laughs> other matchups. Any any other matchups you kind of have your eye on? I do have a list here, but I'll, I'll let you go first with one. Yeah, I got, I got a few, but I'll, I'll go with one. Creighton, UC Santa Barbara. I also have that one. Okay, so let's talk about it. First of all, non-basketball related, UC Santa Barbara is like 64% female. So if we have any like young male listeners that are like interested in that sort of thing and like want to like live on the beach and go to a school where they make up 36% of the population. Like that's like, that's a, that's a key. Like that's a big, like off the court key. Uh, that is interesting. Um, go gauchos. But anyways, yeah. um, I'm a huge big West fan. Same. Like this Same. conference in basketball is actually more competitive than people may think. And, um, Long beach state is good. Yeah. Two years ago, I actually, you know, I always like to pick one double-digit seed to, like, go to the Sweet 16 because it normally does happen, although, like, you know, obviously I'm not the one picking the correct one most of the time, but I did pick UC Irvine to win their first game uh, two years ago, and they ended up doing it. And then I had them beating uh, Wisconsin in the next round, but Wisconsin actually got upset by Oregon, and Oregon ended up being the double-digit seed that went to the Sweet 16. So, like, I was just off, but I do love the Big West. Who did Irvine beat? It wasn't Mississippi State. It was, I think it was Kansas Liberty. State. Kansas State. Okay, yeah. Fuck Kansas State. Like a four seed Kansas State, right? So, like, absolutely no threat. But, anyways, <laughs> uh, do you know anything about this UCSB team? Yes, I love this US, US, UCSB team. This is it, like we'll get to like Cinderella teams later, but like spoiler alert, there was a problem. Um, first of all, UCSB is big. Like they have a bunch of big dudes. Uh, Creighton is tiny. Creighton has. One player, hey, Christian Bishop is six foot seven. He's their tallest like starter or like guy who gets minutes, like who matters. And UCSB has a bunch of big dudes. They got this dude Amadou Sal, who's like six nine. He's awesome. He's playing. He's playing the best basketball of his life right now. Um, so that's like an advantage. But when you talk about UCSB, you talk about Jacory McLaughlin. He's like, he's their team. Um, he's awesome. He shoots hella threes. He's super fun. Uh, like him against Marcus Zagorowski for Creighton is going to be fun because they're both going to be jacking threes. Um, but UCSB d- uh, defends three-point shooting well, which is what Creighton does. So, like, if if you can force bad shots for Creighton, like, they don't go inside because, again, they are Oompa Loompas. So, like, they can't, like, bang down low because they don't have the size. Like, if you can guard the three-point line, you can beat Creighton. Which, by the way, is what Georgetown did. Exactly, and and that was exactly going to be my my follow up point to that is you know just as I have vouched for teams coming into the tournament hot being important, coming into it cold, being like a mid single digit seed is just like a horrible recipe for disaster right. because right. these teams are very fucking good. These you know like 18 and one conference champions. Like these are great teams that are well coached and excited to be on this big stage. And I think you're going to see that against, you know, maybe the most ice cold team of all time um, in <laughs> the Creighton Blue Jays. Yeah. Right. Which again, that that's another interesting tidbit is they beat UConn three times this year. Right. So I think it's one of those Maryland, Michigan state scenarios where like literally like Creighton just like knows how to beat UConn. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Because UConn, uh, as we will talk about, is a good team. I'm going to go over to what I thought 
was automatically my favorite matchup of the first round, which is North Carolina Wisconsin. Perfect, because um, that's the next one I got. How about that? It's literally like the coolest game ever. Like I love when these teams play in the tournament because like even when they're an eight nine game, you're like, okay, this is going to be a battle start to finish. Um, Carolina. What we know before is an eight seed before Vince Carter. Really? Oh, yeah. Vince Carter. Um, yeah. But what we know ab- about this North Carolina team, um, little tidbit about myself, I completely gave up on Michigan State in, in January. <laughs> um, so I jumped hard on North Carolina because they like just started to like figure themselves out in January, and then it carried over to February, and then eventually March, and they ended the season like 10-2. and two, uh, well, Except conference. for Marquette. Right. I said so in they, conference. They, I did say true, in conference. True, true. So they <laughs> do struggle against teams from the state of Wisconsin. So that's a little stat. Nice, yeah. They're Especially 0 and 1. Um, so this is a North Carolina team which actually does not have a lot of upperclassmen. Um, you know, they, they've got Caleb Love, a freshman guard. They run, like, a very large rotation in the front court um, with, like, four dudes that are, like, 6'10 and bigger, one of them being Garrison Brooks, ACC preseason player of the year. Um, not postseason player of the year, though. Definitely not. Um, he <laughs> right. just... Like I said, I mean, they, they figured out this deep rotation and they were just like, okay, like Garrison Brooks just like isn't getting it done. Like, let's play these guys. And it's ended up working for them. They have like a Tillman-esque type guy that comes off the bench and just rebounds and blocks. Like, that's literally what he does and he's awesome. And then they have guys like Andrew Playtech, who is like the only upperclassman on this team. And he's just in there. He's just that glue guy. You love him. And he's not a good shooter. Like, he's like, okay. So it's like... Why is he there again? We don't know. If, if Andrew Playtech played for Duke, the country would know his name. Hundred <laughs> percent. We would hate this dude um, because he plays the game the right way. But anyways, right. they're the just floor. a young team, an exciting team, and they are relatively hot. Night, not like right. red hot, but um, you know, I, I actually don't know a lot about this Wisconsin team. I don't know if you could enlighten us. They, the big thing with Wisconsin is like they came in as like. They split the Big Ten Championship last year, and, like, they were expected, because they're, like, one of the oldest teams in the country. Like, they're older than multiple NBA teams, I believe, um, like, average age. Um, they were Weren't they, like, older than the Milwaukee Bucks last year or something? They, like, yeah, yeah, I think right, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they, like, are so, they were supposed to be so good, and they were so mediocre. Um like, there's, like, a luck stat that, like, measures, like, you know, like, kind of, like, your expected win that. or whatever. And, like, Wisconsin was, like, apparently, like, super unlucky, which, like, okay, fine, whatever. But, like, I, I don't know. They just, like, I don't think that they're really very good. Like, I, I, like, I think that, like, they're, like, I mean, they're nine seeds. Like, they're obviously decent. But, um, like, again, like, they were expected to be, like, a compete for the Big Ten Championship. Like, so it was, like, Illinois, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Nobody thought talking about Michigan going or Ohio State going into the year. It was, like, right. Illinois. Iowa, Wisconsin, and what the fuck happened to Wisconsin? So they're all right. Uh, I mean, they're going to do the shit that they always do, where they have like a bunch of white bigs who like shoot threes for some reason. Um, and that's one thing that I think Carolina will struggle with, um, like having to guard bigs. You know, be, have the floor stretched like that. Um, that's not really what they're used to, but um, right. And you know, they, they have a backcourt that's just scary old and experienced um dimitri trice just literally can like single-handedly bring his team back from down 20 like if there's four minutes left 
And then Brad Davidson, I mean, this dude. What just, what really needs to be said? Right. I'm not even going to talk anymore. Um, but <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. I'm actually really excited for it. Um, if you have another one, go for it. Um, well, uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but my uh, this is not a best matchup. This is my worst matchup. Like, I just wish this game wasn't happening, and it's UConn-Maryland. I just hate Maryland. Like, I... Uh, in my notes, I wrote, get Maryland the fuck out of my face. Um, I just, I hate watching them play basketball. Um, I also think they're going to win because UConn's, like, bases their whole team around uh, James Booknight. And right. Maryland has Daryl Morsell, who's, like, one of the best defense players in the country. I kind of think he's going to lock him down, which UConn's going to struggle. Like, they're going to they're gonna need contributions of other guys. Like, Isaiah Whaley's probably going to have to play well for UConn to win. Um Maryland just plays unwatchable offense also. Like, they play 1982-style offense. <laughs> like, they don't... Did you know that Maryland, like, sets, like, some unbelievably low number of ball screens? So what? They're just passing. Like, Dude, they're doing, a- like, they're doing, like, Bob Knight offense from, like... Or I guess, like, Mark Turgeon played at Kentucky, or Kansas, so it's, like, Larry Brown's, like, offense from, like, the 80s. Like, what the fuck? I, I just... I actually, I actually like some of the players on Maryland. Like individually, like you were saying, Wiggins. I like Ayala. I like Dante Scott. I like Marcel. I hate them as a unit. together. <laughs> they are they are the opposite of One Direction. One Direction came in and they were like solo and they didn't make it. And then Simon Cal put them together and they became the biggest boy band of the history of planet Earth. That's the it's the exact opposite of Maryland. Like I like them miss, on their own. Do you miss Mellow Tremble? I mean, does it no. like are they so unwatchable that like you literally like miss Mellow Tremble? The like that's Mello a good days? that's a good point because I I think I've hated Maryland basketball for a while now that I think about it because I also wow. hated that Mellow Tremble. I just don't like Turgeon. Mm. <laughs> like I mean I don't know what, what are your thoughts? Like I, I feel like you're um, talking like I feel like you're not a Turgeon guy either. Well, uh, funny enough, uh, like my very good friend who probably won't listen to this podcast, but he is making a bracket. Um, he's. Uh, I believe Mark Turgeon is his uncle. He's somehow related to Mark Turgeon, like very closely. And I'm sorry. so it's like it's like pretty cool. So like I I like you root for have a soft spot for Mark. So <laughs> but I if I didn't have a soft spot for Mark, God, I would hate this dude. Just like the definition of an underwhelming coach. Like he never comes in and like wins a game he wasn't supposed to. Like yeah, literally, well, when has that happened? Last year, we won a present last year. I don't know. I mean, like, him, like, uh, like going to, like, doing, like, the Dwight Schrute, like, just, like, calling Michael Scott's name, like, about Jawan Howard going out of the coaching box. Like, really, dude? Like, are, I mean, it's just some hall monitor-ass behavior. Like, now, I will say, in the past few years, I have noticed that Maryland wins, like, their first-round games against good teams. Um, normally, it's, like, a 5 you know, 12, like a, a 413 type of thing. And it's always like a game down to the wire. I'm pretty sure in 2019 they played Liberty. And, like, Liberty was so good. And they still are. And we may talk about them in a bit. But um, I don't know. I, I trust Maryland. And I don't trust UConn. And that's why I picked them as well to, to win this game. That's interesting. Okay. I wouldn't say I trust Maryland necessarily. I just think that this is a – like, if you're a, team, if you're a one-man team, we talked about a lot of these one-man teams, like, you don't want to play Maryland. Because Marcel's – like legitimately pretty incredible as a defensive player. Um, so this was yeah, a really like, good matchup for Maryland, is what you're saying. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, but the thing, like again, like 
I, like, Maryland's not good because they don't because they run offense from the Stone Age. Like people criticize like Izzo for his offense. Like, like Izzo's offense is like the like I don't know. It's like the iPhone 10 compared to like Alexander <laughs> Graham Bell's like initial like, landline. Like, Maryland, I just, dude, like watch them play offense. It, it, it's it's bizarre. It's they play a ton of like just horrible one. Like, ugh. Um. All right, uh, we'll talk one more one more of our favorite matchups. All right, um, hit me. I like Oklahoma State Liberty because, like okay. I just mentioned, Liberty has been here before, and they are a really True. good team. Again, True. playing in like, you know, I, I wouldn't say the Atlantic Sun's like a great basketball conference, but they like are always they've been dominating it, and um, they come in and they play an Oklahoma State team, which is such a weird team. I believe they're underseeded. But Agreed. Liberty, dude, like there's something about Liberty. Like I, again, like I like trust Liberty, not to necessarily win the game, but like to like be there at the end. Yeah, I don't like um, everything Liberty University stands for. Uh, like, <laughs> just right. like in terms but, of uh, university merit, I don't know. But yeah, um, so like I find it hard to root for them, even when they're like a Cinderella. So, like when they beat, I think it was Mississippi State a couple years ago. I was just like not happy, which I normally would be when it's in relevance. Um, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Liberty's pretty good. But I do. I, we'll talk about Oklahoma State um, a little bit later, but, like, I love Oklahoma State. And I, I really, really, really hope Oklahoma State wins this game because Oklahoma State has to go to the Sweet 16. Because if Oklahoma State doesn't go to the Sweet 16, then that's it's not as bad as being deprived of the tournament last year, but it's about as close as it can get. Because there's a matchup in the Sweet 16 that will be the game of the tournament if it happens. So um, let's just move on now for, to, to our fun teams to watch segment. Right. And we'll start with Oklahoma State just to kind of keep yep. things going here. Right. Um, there's something about um, like a transcendent NBA player playing yes. against just regular people yes. that's like so fun to watch. And it's the reason why I picked Murray State to upset Marquette um, exactly. in 2019. Because exactly. I'm like... When you get to a level of college basketball that's not, like, the Final Four level, then, like, an NBA player is just going to, like, win the game. Like, he's just going right. to, like, go out there and he's just going to be like, all right, like, I'm just going to, like, beat this team and just, I like, mean, move us on. Steph Curry <laughs> took Davidson's NBA right. and almost it, it beat happens, by himself. It happens all the time. So um, I think that's one of these scenarios here where, like, Cade Cunningham. He's awesome. He will just do this, and he will guarantee them a Sweet 16. And I will – should I lock it? Should I lock, lock it, it in? Lock it Oh, in. shit. First lock. lock. Uh, our first fun team to watch, Oklahoma State. I am locking in into the Sweet 16 to match up against Sorry, Illinois. Sorry, Tennessee. By the way, this is the orange bracket. We talked about this. Right. That's cool. They, like, there's so many teams that wear orange in this region, whatever, whatever region it is, the south region. We have Illinois, Loyola, Chicago, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Syracuse, Clemson. All and Oregon one... State. And Oregon State. Oh, Oregon State. How did I even miss that? Yeah. yeah. Um, That's so, so much yeah. orange. So much orange. Um, so cool. Uh, let's see. I'm just curious. Okay, we have one orange team in the east. We have one in That's the great west. Idea. And we have... One holy shit, yeah. There's literally one in yeah. every single region, and then there's. I mean, it's not blue or red. Like most teams wear blue or red, so like. Right. There's just not that um, many orange teams. They're all in the same region. It's bizarre. 
So what what's your next fun team to watch? What, what would you like um, to say? Well, just real quick, we need to talk about if Oklahoma State plays Illinois in the Sweet 16. Because I will not just cancel plans, like arguably like cancel like relationships. Like I would like I would <laughs> like if somebody was like we really need to hang out, I'd be like no. Right, like, and they're like, is... if you don't hang out with me, like we'll never talk again. And you're just like, dude, Cade Cunningham is playing Illinois. Like, yeah. I don't know what you want me to say. Like, if there, I, I wrote, if there is a God, He will grant us I O versus Cade in Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> I'm actually mad that that game is going to be in Sweet Sixteen. Like, that should be like an Elite Eight or Final Four game. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, just, I love them. Um, you said you wanted me to give you another fun team. Yeah. Oh, dude, Oral Roberts. They're going to get smoked because they play Ohio State, which is unfortunate because, like, dude, Ohio State's the it's only... It's such a bad matchup for them. Like, such a bad matchup. It's so unfortunate because, you, like you said, they are a fun team. Tell the people why they're fun, though. Like, okay. it's fucking Oral Roberts. Yeah, well, yeah, Oral Roberts. Um, Max Admus and Kevin Obinor shoot 44 and 46% from three, like, respectively, on, like, insanely high volume. There is one player in the country who has a higher offensive rating than Max Admus, and that's Luca Garza. That's it. So, like, offensive rating is, like, fear, like a kind of all-encompassing offensive stat that's, like, supposed to, like, say, like, how efficient of an offensive player are you? Right. He, so he's the second most efficient offensive player in America. That's amazing. Um, or Roberts made approximately 27,000 threes against North Dakota State in the conference tournament. Um, <laughs> they are bad at defense, which is why they're 15 seed. That's why they've lost, like, 12 games, because they're not, like, they really only play one side of the ball. Um, I wish they were playing a worse two seed. Oh, same. Like, I would, like, think about picking them against literally any other two seed. Same. Exactly but same. I love Ohio State. Um, Ohio State's so good. So good. But again, this is not our, like, game to watch. This is one fun team. If you want to watch a game and there's no other good games on, and you're just like, I want to, like, be entertained. Right. You're not going to see a watch. ton of defense. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then you should watch... This fucking guy just chuck up 93s versus Dwayne Washington in his eye. Yeah, well, that's the thing is they have two dudes who both shoot, like, a ridiculously high percentage from three on, like, crazy high volume, which, like, who does that? Like, they, they like, Oral Roberts has taken, like, five two-point shots, like, all year. So, like, they just, like, don't know. Oh, uh, Obinor had, like, a sick dunk against North Dakota State. That's my, that's my stat of the day. Okay, uh, Kevin Obinor uh, shoots threes but also is awesome at dunking. So I don't know if that's, like, uh, probably not going to be able to overcome Ohio State, but it is fun. I feel like Obinor's, like, bottle up the entire Baylor's team talent yes, and then put exactly. it in, like, one guy. Yes, and, like, exactly. that's him. Um, exactly. But yeah, really fun team to watch. Um, I have selected Winthrop as Ooh, my fun team to watch. Okay, um, the Eagles. I will talk about them later, which could be a little bit of foreshadowing. Ooh, but okay. this team... Not a is fan of so good. They are twenty three and one. Yeah, they are. And good. like, besides the fact that they're just good at everything, like literally defense, shooting, rebounding, like yeah, you, know, you know, what even conference does Winter play? In? I couldn't even tell you right now. But they are so good at literally everything, and they just have all the makings of a team that could make a deep run. Okay. They also play just like a Villanova team that I think everyone's going to come in on crutches, like. Well, right, just collectively don't have together. Yeah. Um, I think the whole team, the whole team over the past like two seasons has like I think every member has been hurt at some point, like pretty seriously. 
And they just unluckily lost their best player and leader, Colin Gillespie, to, I think, an MCL tear. So yeah. they do still have a – what's that guy? Earl? Oh, Earl yes, Robinson. Yes, Robinson Earl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robinson, Robinson Earl. Earl, right. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to kind of try to carry them. I mean, he averages 15.7 points per game. Um, it's just I, – I just see it in my brain already. This team coming out firing, pumped. They know they're good, and they know they're playing a bad team. Jack. You're fired up about Winthrop right now. I'm going to tell you something that I promise will fire you up more. Okay? Uh, this this website I use has a college basketball guide, Dylan Burkhardt at UM Hoop. Shout out. Uh, incredible, like, resource. Um, he rates teams, like, how similar they are to, like, previous tournament teams. There's a couple tournament teams that, like, lost in the round of 64. But one team that they say they're pretty similar to from, like, an efficiency perspective is the 2013 Florida Gulf Coast team. Oh, my God. Dunk so, City. So this team is Florida Gulf Coast, confirmed. Like, they yes. are literally right, the exactly. chosen ones. Yes. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, uh, I'll end it there because I am going to talk about them a little later. Right. You're up. Right. Fun team okay. to watch. Give it to us. Um, well, yeah, I guess the only two I wrote down were, were all Robinson, Oklahoma State. So. Okay, um, I'll just rattle some off then at this point. Me. Liberty, we already talked about. Ohio, already talked about. Again, these are teams that are, like, actually good and have, like, star power, I guess right. you could call it. So, like, like maybe lips, something like will happen. Lose. Right. But, yeah. um, I'm going to say Grand Canyon just because, like, fuck right, Let's yeah. do it. Like, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> like, let's... they're purple. They have the high school student section of your dreams. Uh, <laughs> well, if, if everyone was, like, on Molly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, <laughs> like, they're just everything you could want and, like, they're not going to win this game. They're going to get murdered. But okay. I think they're super cool because, like, I just hope, like, this gives them more exposure because, like, hardcore basketball fans obviously know about them because of the whole, like, uh, what's it called? Midnight or uh, oh, I know Christmas thing. About. I yeah, forget what yeah, they yeah. call it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but it is dope, yeah. They're, 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 they're insane. It's, right. it's an insane so, It's an insane school. It's a for-profit Christian cool. university, which is nuts. Um. And then um, my last fun team to watch is Georgia Tech. This team defends. I love defense. Like, I'm all in on defense. Face shield. And I'm not the guy who, like, loves, like, good defensive teams. No, I love the people that are, like, aggressively and visually defensive teams. Right. Like, this dude. Uh, fuck. What's his name? I can't believe it. Oh, God. <laughs> You're talking about Alvarado? Yes. Alvarado. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Defensive player of the year in the ACC. Yeah, he's like. Did you watch the Florida State uh, ACC championship? I watched part game? of it. Yeah, I watched part of it. Yeah. This dude was just like stealing everything. Like I've never seen a dude just like steal the ball like so many times in a condensed amount of time. Like he he is so fun to watch. Jack, if you had to compare the Florida State or not Florida State, the Georgia Tech uh, team defensively to an animal, um, particularly an animal that like works better in like a swarm, like what animal would that be? probably a yellow jacket okay all right i'm just checking yeah like that's um, i love that they like play like that like that's that's amazing on top of it all they have the acc player of the year as well True. on top of it so they have the yeah. defensive player that's of the right, year yeah. and the general player of the year in uh moses so i see them beating loyal chicago sorry sister jean uh in their first round game and i expect a really fun game uh versus they Illinois might kill sister jean <laughs> Right. Like, well, I feel bad because, like, is this like the last game Sister Jean will ever watch? 
<laughs> Almost we, certainly. We literally don't know. Uh, but yeah. She's so old. I mean, credit to her. Um, now, let's flip it around, and let's talk about teams that will almost certainly disappoint in, in the tournament and teams that we really don't see doing anything that they are expected to do. All right, well, this is where I talked about Grand Canyon because I just, I if you know me, you know that I despise Iowa basketball. Like Everything I said about Maryland, I don't like watching them, but I don't have anything like, personally against them. I hate Iowa basketball. They're my least favorite program in the country. Wow. Um, yeah. By so, far. wait, they're your Duke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah, wow. I hate them. Yeah, I hate Fred McCaffrey. I hate Luke Garza. I hate his stupid face. I hate, yeah. For the record, Iowa is my number one pick as well for disappointment yeah. picks. Like, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I don't really have any stats to back it up. I just hope that they disappoint <laughs> right, us. Right, okay. <laughs> well, so I wrote like a whole thing, which is basically just like trying to talk myself into Grand Canyon. Like, just like I really hope. Because like I would, oh my God, I would love it so much. Um but Greg Canyon's biggest problem is I can't score. Um, they're 148th in offensive efficiency, which is bad. And they've even been worse lately. The last 30 days, they're, <laughs> they're 205th, which, like, how do they win the conference tournament playing, like, the worst offensive basketball of all time? It shows you the well, whack that's got to tell you something about the whack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. They really miss Boise State. It's like, my goodness. Um, okay. His name is Asbjorn Mitzgaard. Okay. He is that is the a seven foot guy? Yes. yes. Let's go. He is a seven foot Wichita State transfer, originally hailing from Denmark. Okay? I wrote Hamlet joke. I don't have a Hamlet joke, but I know Hamlet was from Denmark. This guy's from Denmark. Fill in your own joke. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Fill sure. in the blank. I mean, Hamlet was a tragedy, and hopefully Luca metaphorically dies. To. to to right. bitch at the refs or to not bitch at the refs. Fran McCaffrey will always choose to bitch at the refs. Um, okay, I will do this because I love being objective, but I just heard a great feel-good story about Jordan Bohannon. Okay. He was going to like tie the the record, Iowa record, for most consecutive uh, yeah. free throws made yeah. and purposely misses it because the previous record holder in like the 60s or whatever died in a car crash in like the 90s, I think, yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah. yeah, he died in like a car crash and couldn't yeah. continue his record. So that was really cool. Good for you, Jordan Bohannon. I fucking hate your coach. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's like the opposite uh, of what Cal Ripken did. Like, Cal Ripken <laughs> could have, like, sat out and, like, been tied with Lou Gehrig, and he was just like, fuck that. I'm going to play <laughs> That's actually funny. Um, other picks for disappointment teams. These teams will disappoint you early. Villanova, Virginia, okay. UConn. And then I'll end by talking about our friends down in Houston. Okay, great, because um, I feel the same way. <laughs> where did this team come from? How are they a two seed? Rising and... from the depths of Jordan Poole's, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I have them going to the Elite Eight based on the fact that, first of all, that bottom section of the bracket is probably the worst section of the entire bracket. And third of all, I think, like... They're so upset about the Jordan Poole shot that, like, Quentin Grimes is single-handedly going to be like, no, I want a Jordan Poole shot. And True. he's just going to shoot a 1,000 of them. And what happened in their conference tournament game against Cincinnati when they just murdered Cincinnati by shooting tons of threes and making less than half of them, still winning by 25, I think that'll happen in a lot of these games because there's just not a lot of offensive firepower down on this bottom side of this bracket. I mean, 
All right. West I mean, Virginia's we, okay. Well, all right. Well, you're, should I spoil my Cinderella pick? Go for it. Your family, your religion, and Rutgers basketball. Wow. So, so you have Rutgers beating Houston? Yes. Rutgers That's to Sweet 16. crazy. Get okay. Let me just say this. That Rutgers-Houston game is a battle of my least favorite color scheme in all of college sports. Red and white, but not a cool red. Like, the boring, like, basic crayon red. Like, the first red you learn when you're a kid. Yeah, well, Houston has that, like, chrome thing. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, like they wear red, but then also, like, that, like, kind of, like, gray. It's, like, Oregon football. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool when they wear that, I think. But I'm thinking just, like, red and white. I don't like red and white. It's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, start us off with your Cinderella picks um, with our Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yeah, dude. Okay. Okay. So here's this basically comes down to one point, which is that uh, Houston's good and statistically they're really good. Like they're like the best defense in the country, adjusted efficiency. But first of all, what happens if teams make shots? Like what happens if teams make tough shots against them? Like I don't know, Geo Baker. From Rutgers, who has made like the most tough shots like any person. First of all, Geo Baker's been on Rutgers since like <laughs> Ray Rice was there. Like I have Rutgers beating Clemson in the first round purely because like these dudes have been playing together for so long. So long. <laughs> like, like Ron like, Harper, dude. How you were supposed to go to the, the tournament team? in like 2017? Like Eugene Amarui, like he definitely has been there since like at least 2013. Well, like, because remember when, like, Rutgers basketball, like, started coming back? They beat like, Seton Hall. maybe three or four they years beat ago, Seton right? Hall. It was, like, a big deal, yeah. I feel like this is the same team. <laughs> like, why do I feel like they're the exact same team they were? It's like... But just uh, better and older. It's like um, how, like, before free agency, like, pro teams, it was just, like, literally the same team for nine years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. Geo Baker, like, dude, nothing better than a point guard who is old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Just, so, well, uh, but so Rutgers is plays in the Big Ten, right? They played every single good team. Houston, two and one quad one. <laughs> they right. beat Texas Tech and SMU. Those are SMU. their best wins. SMU, SMU was not in the tournament. I was going to say that's a bizarre team to have a notable win against, but that's my point. Wichita, nonetheless, they beat, like, Wichita. They, 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 like. Houston is not battle tested, so like when Houston like, like so like for example like Gonzaga plays in a shitty conference, but Gonzaga has like played really good teams in non conference. Right. Houston didn't, so when Houston sees a Big Ten team, like there's an athletic advantage, right? Like do you see what I'm saying? Like like right. Rutgers has been through it, and Houston hasn't. So if things 100%. go wrong, like I don't know, I could see Houston like kind of crashing out. So do you have this Rutgers team in the Elite Eight? No, I have them as Sweet 16, I believe. Okay, so you have yeah. West Virginia yeah. going to the Elite. I think that wow. Rutgers can challenge West Virginia, though. Um, I don't know, like, they, just, I love, like, I mean, we talked about it a little bit already, but just, like, I just really like this Rutgers team. I think that, like, they have a lot of losses because they played in the best team, best conference in the country, and it's that thing where, like, if you're, like, they've been in those wars, and Houston hasn't. So, and, by the way, neither is Clemson, because ACC sucks. And the last thing I saw Clemson do was lose to Miami. Second appearance for Miami basketball on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I completely agree. Um, I have Winthrop. They're they're my double-digit seed that's going to the Sweet 16. I I think they have 
actually a very easy path. They have this Villanova team, which I've already talked about, and then likely a Purdue team that is like, again, just like basically Villanova. Like <laughs> they're just like a very steady. They have a very developed big man in Travion Williams, right? Yeah. Well, Purdue uh, knocked Villanova out of the tournament two years ago. I remember that. Yeah, um, blowout. So I don't know. I just don't. I love teams with firepower, and Winthrop has it. And um, they're well, hot. and they're Florida Gulf Coast, right? Exactly. So th- they even have that going for them. Yeah. So they are my number one Cinderella pick. Okay. I also have down here Rutgers. I have down here UCSB. Love them. And I have an asterisk next to UCSB because in their second round game, they're yeah. either going to play the deathly sick Virginia Cavaliers <laughs> yeah, right. or like Ohio. So or like Louisville. <laughs> right exactly who we've already established sucks so yeah Yeah. ucsb bright things ahead i have i have them in my sweet 16 they're like my cinderella cinderella like 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 records is a 10 seed and they're playing a power conference so like you know what i mean like like they'll get attention because they haven't made the tournament since 1991 but like it's like the syracuse team going to the final four uh in 2017 yeah kind of yeah if 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 ucsb makes a sweet 16 this country will fall in love with jacory mclaughlin um, with just the concept of being a gaucho, like, that's awesome. Like yeah. I don't know, I, I love the CCSB team. You um, know, someone's going to tweet about the the female to male ratio that you've dude, already mentioned. Dude, I mean, like, how, like I mean, so Florida Gulf Coast has dorms on the beach, which like became a big thing like during their run, and they're like, why would you not want to go to Florida Gulf Coast? Like, they have sick basketball and they have dorms on the beach. Like, what are we missing here? Uh, Santa Barbara is pretty awesome. Like I think, like a lot of people would like to live in Santa Barbara and be again. I'll say it one more time: thirty-six percent male. You know what's funny is like a team like Lehigh, right? Like you have no idea they even exist before right. this. Like, right. <laughs> like the Mars Madness can literally make teams now. UCSB, like you said, it's in California. Like it's a part of the UC system. It's a little more known. But this is, like, the type of thing, like, a team like a Winthrop, like, they could go on a run and literally just, like, all of a sudden, okay, they're on the map. <laughs> like, right. forever. Florida right. Gulf Coast, on the map, forever. Um, so, well, I we think We were it's talking really about cool. earlier, um, like, having the best player on the floor, and you can beat a team that's better than you. Like, Lehigh, it's a perfect example. CJ McCollum, way better than any Duke player. And we didn't know it at the time, right? Because people hadn't heard of him. Mm-hmm. But, like... If you have a guy like that, and Jason Presley's like that, Corey um, McLaughlin could be the best player on the floor. Uh, maybe not with Mark Zagorowski, but I don't know. Like the, the, the UCSB, UCSB, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I think that they match up really well with Great, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's really cool. And um, my last Cinderella pick, I hope it's Georgia Tech. If Illinois doesn't like go far, because I do like this Illinois team, even though they're annoying as fuck about the Big Ten championship thing, um, I, if it's not Illinois, I hope Georgia Tech, like, Makes the post-game <laughs> interview, like, everything about this team is fun. The coach is awesome, so love them. Josh Passner wearing a stupid face shield. Somebody said that Josh Passner should, uh, like, wear it. I think it was Big Cat said, like, Josh Passner should wear the face shield, like, after he gets vaccinated. Like, so it would be, like, Rip Hamilton, like, with the mat, like, the mask. Right, with the broken like, nose just mask. keep it. That's like, just, like, his literally. thing. Yeah. Um. And his has to stay black because it's sure. just so cool. For sure. Um, we'll end now by giving our final four picks, but also at the same time, I kind of wanted to talk about why or why not the one seed will not or will make it to the final four. Can I do one more Cinderella before that? 
Yes. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, you're good. Go for it. UNC Greensboro. Oh, really? That's, Isaiah that's where Miller. I completely did not agree. Isaiah Miller has the highest usage rate in America. No player has used up more of their teams. Like basically, like this is the ultimate one man team. <laughs> There's no player <laughs> oh, in America shit. has taken a higher percentage of their other of their team shots than Isaiah Miller. He's, he's six feet tall. Time can- he's a two time conference player of the year and defensive player of the year. Yeah, he's, he's just amazing. their team. Yeah, he's their team. He's six feet tall. Okay, so oh shit. Here's my thing. Florida State has all those big blonde dudes, right? MJ Walker, Raekwon Gray, Scotty Barnes are all the same player. Like they're all just like six seven to six right. nine and like classic Florida State basketball. Right. Like crazy long arms. But like what if Isaiah Miller like gets like underneath them? Like do you remember? <laughs> do, you remember do you remember Shabazz Napier? Like he would like get underneath dudes yes. defensively. That's Isaiah Miller. Like this guy I also UNCG uh like they rebound at like a really high rate, Florida State doesn't, which would surprise you because they're so big. Like Florida State's like kind of soft. Yeah, um, this here. UNC this Greensboro is just a very good defensive team again. Which like the the makings of not really a Cinderella, but just like a lower seed winning is either be really fucking good at offense or really fucking good at defense. Right, you can't just be like above average because like right. the other teams would be better than you at both. Exactly, like a Cleveland State. Like I feel like Cleveland State is just above average at both, and they're just not even gonna like be in the game. They did beat and Indiana in 1988. Shout out, shout out to Spiders <laughs> or the oh, Vikings. Shit. Vikings, yes, are yeah, green Vikings. and green and white. Um, yeah, but like yeah, so I, I do. That is a cool pick. Um, let's stick in that bracket. Let's talk about our friends down south in Ann Arbor. Um, let's do it. What do you think of this Michigan team without Isaiah Livers? It it concerns me. Definitely concerns me. I have not seen your bracket. So I just want that on the record. I do not know what you've picked. Right, and I have not seen yours. But I, I kind of think that you're going to pick LSU to be Michigan in the round of 32. Am I right? You are wrong. Okay. I do have them losing the next game, though, to Florida State. Okay. Well, I have Florida State out in the first round, so definitely. (laughs) We're all over the place. Diverged. Wait, Michigan-Florida State rematch? Yes, exactly. Oh, when Leonard Hamilton asked Dana Jacobson, the the game was over. She's like, why did you foul? He's like, what? 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 The the game was (laughs) over, Dana. So so good. Um. Yeah, so okay. I didn't. I didn't answer the question at all. I apologize. No, right. Do you have anything to say about Michigan? Because I really don't. I don't like. I just. I think they're fucked. Well, I don't know about fuck. Because like Sean Day Brown, like he already was like one of the six man of the year candidates in the Big Ten. Like he'll just be starting, and like you'll get you get more Sean Day Brown minutes. You get more Brandon Johns minutes. Shout out East Lansing High School, um, Brandon Johns. So like they're, I I think they're like equipped to handle it. From like uh, they have guys who can step in perspective um so like they they do have depth but the biggest issue for michigan with losing livers is i think livers is like probably their best player i agree (laughs) so like dickinson is like their bet like you know most important like offensive player but i think from like a two-way perspective like i think livers um and just that's that's everything we talked about with like when we talked about like Rutgers that they're battle tested like livers played in the national championship game 
right? Like, so he's not afraid of anything. That's that was my main point as well. Is like Livers is you know, he's the ideal experienced guy that you want in, in this type of a situation. And you look around at this Michigan team, right? Hunter Dickinson, a year right. ago, who the where the fuck was he? Right. Uh, you know, uh, the Mike. What's Mike his Smith. name? Mike, Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Columbia. Where the fuck was he? Columbia. Right. Um, Shawnee Brown, where the fuck was he? So, like, you look at this team and you look, okay, last year and even the final four years, they had Isaiah Livers. And even last year, you could say, okay, they had Wagner. Who the fuck is looking to Wagner for leadership? No one. They all probably hate that dude low key. I, or you think they love him? I don't know. I just, I, I just feel like. I don't want to make a joke that's going to get me canceled, so I'm just going to <laughs> just stay away from that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just There's, I know, think like, Isaiah I mean, Livers I think German leaders, you know. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, <laughs> I think Livers was the worst player they could have lost, and I, yeah. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Um, no, no, I, I do think it's going to cost them. I think it will cost them a Final Four. I don't know at what point, but they have a pretty tough bracket um, yeah. it's not the it's not the hardest but it's not not easy by any means playing lsu in the second round like they got to go up against javante smart so that dude is paid that's important like that's how they're playing they're playing a professional team think about that right michigan has to go up against a pro team in the second round if lsu beats a bonaventure <laughs> um all right let's get let's work backwards what about okay. illinois do you have anything to say about illinois and um, I love Illinois. Um, I like I said, I'm upset that the Oklahoma State game's happening in the Sweet 16. But again, like that's my favorite. That's my favorite hypothetical matchup of the entire tournament is Illinois Oklahoma State. My number one. Like I, I, it has to happen. Please happen. Um, sorry, to your Georgia Tech pick. Like I know you like Georgia Tech, but like Illinois must play Oklahoma State. Um, I mm-hmm. love Illinois. Um, I think they're <laughs> unbelievable. Curbelo's great. Like you, you love Curbelo. You're a huge Curbelo guy. Uh, th- that was my single point about uh, Illinois. Yeah. I love Cabello. Yeah, but obviously, Io DeSimo and Kobe Coburn are there. That's those. Are, that's where their bread is buttered. Um, Coburn had an assist yesterday, so that was awesome for him. It was his first assist <laughs> in like a month and a half. So I'm pretty proud of him. Uh, <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, Io's taking like fall away thirty footers, which like I get is like technically a bad decision, but I think I I, I said on Twitter that like. He consulted the "Would this be dope?" flowchart, and like I respect that. Like I think that like like you want to have moments that live forever, and like going to the rim and getting fouled and making free throws. Like who cares? Like I I just want to see people do like amazing cool shit, and Io is awesome. Also, they have Trent Frazier, who's been in Illinois since yep nineteen eighty nine. Like was he on the flying Illini team that made the Final Four in eighty nine? <laughs> I just like am almost positive he was playing against Miles Bridges. Like, well, he, that so that he actually was. That's like oh, okay. Joke. So he yeah, was. He actually okay. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so uh, what I'll say about Illinois, right, is I love them so much because they just have dudes that are like hitting big shots. Did you see yes. the guy who hit their big shot against Ohio State? It was like their eighth man or something, and like everyone was like rallying around him. You know the classic like. If you're an Illinois fan, all I could do was put myself in their shoes and be like, damn, that's like if, you know, I can't even name a Michigan State player that, like, could have hit that shot. Malik Hall. Like a fucking, 
it's even like worse though almost <laughs> like like a worse player hitting like a big shot um, but that's the thing is like they don't have that many bad players like they're yeah. so deep and they're so well connected i mean you know um, the answer it's jack Loberg. <laughs> right no literally i mean we're not a deep team michigan state is not a deep team so i literally have to reach that far but um i love this now. team and, and I do have them going far, and they've Same. literally won, like, 100 straight games if you take out the Michigan State game, which literally I think we just, like, bullied them into losing. Like, we they just also kept missed, punching them. They also missed 28 free throws. <laughs> Against Michigan like, State? I'm exaggerating right. slightly, but, like... Um, yeah, so I have Illinois going very far, and that will foreshadow uh, my eventual Final Four picks to end the podcast. Talk about our Baylor Bears. Um, I don't know the exact number, but they have like six guys that shoot like 40% or higher from three. That's true. But they've also been worse since COVID, since they had their COVID pause, which scares me. Right. But they were talking about that on ESPN yesterday, and it's like, are we just like looking for like a problem with this team? Like, is this team actually just very good, and maybe like other teams are just getting better? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I have them losing in Sweet 16, so... Uh, wow. Yeah, to I Purdue? Do. To Purdue, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> you have maybe the worst Purdue team in years going that far. I have, I'm all in on the Big Ten. Wow. I'm all in on the Big Ten. I am normally all in on the Big Ten as well, but um, I have this weird confidence in Baylor because I think I saw them last year, and I was like, okay, they're amazing. And then I see them this year, and I'm like, okay, they were amazing. And so, like, I just have this confidence in them right um and then let's talk about the zags your your home and native land how many people do you know that go to gonzaga again decent amount um eight or nine are like just how exciting do you think this is for them like um do you think they're like honestly thinking disappointment is on the horizon well most because of of their history most of the people i know who go to gonzaga have graduated um and it's like a lot of like girls that maybe like aren't as into the basketball team necessarily like they were really into it because our freshman year of college they made the title game right so they were all excited Mm -hmm. then um gonzaga has an interesting thing because at this point like gonzaga doesn't have the like kind of like chip on your shoulder that you would like expect i guess like they um i think that they just like kind of know they belong and they haven't won a national championship yet. But, like, most teams haven't won a national championship in the last 20 years, right? Like, so, yeah, they're obviously missing, like, that piece of it. But, like, so, like, for example, like, Michigan has made two national championship games. But Gonzaga's been a better program for 20 years than Michigan. It's not even close. So, there are other teams that are in that kind of bracket that haven't broken through and won the title. Um, but they have a chance of... Um, being the first team since Indiana in 1976 to go undefeated. And that's pretty damn cool. And yes, of course, people say, well, it's COVID, yada, yada, yada. Um, but they challenged themselves in non-conference. They played Kansas. They played Iowa. They played West Virginia. They were supposed to play Baylor. Baylor had COVID. Like, they've done everything they can do. Um, and... Every single player for Gonzaga, every single starter for Gonzaga is a finalist for their position, national positional award. It's the first time it's ever happened. Here's my thing with Gonzaga, and it's a good thing. Um, 
does this team have a weakness? No. Like the, I just I can't find one. And no. Baylor's another team. Like I I don't really see a weakness. Like COVID, you could say is their weakness, but it's not like a pinpoint thing wrong with the team. Like they just like the are Baylor, out of they rhythm. haven't been they haven't been a, a, as good defensively since since they've been back. That's okay. that's what worries me about Baylor. But Gonzaga, I just like I don't see a weakness in this team for the first time in a while. Um, and it, it's so weird because I don't want to pick them to win the national championship because it's so, I don't know. Right. I mean, like, if it's Gonzaga versus the field, you should always take the field. Um, 2015 taught us that, right? Like, you had Kentucky, and, you know, they obviously lost in Final Four. Um, but if you're asking me, like, so I, I picked the number one overall seed to win a lot because I don't think basketball is that complicated. Like, Same. Why would the best team not win? Other than like, oh, it's random, anything can happen. Well, it's like, yeah, that's true. The most likely thing to happen is that the best team would win. Like, I'm not going to put my life on it, obviously, but like, why, like why, why would Gonzaga not win other than like, like people's reasons for why Gonzaga won't win are like, it's March. Right. But like, that's <laughs> exactly. not a reason. Like, that's not like a, that's not an argument. Um, I've I've picked I've done a bracket probably maybe the past ten years maybe a little less um, I've only picked two correct national champions ever um, part of it is because the first like five years I picked North Carolina every time right. um, the one time it worked and then um, I picked Virginia last last time um, because I thought they were the best team and so like you said I think that relates here like who's the best team like crazy shit is gonna happen we know that right but like but usually crazy enough that the best team's not gonna at least be in the title game like well i think like they said like uh a top three seed has won 21 of the last 22 titles and like a one seed has won like 12 last 23 so it's like yeah loyola chicago shows up and it's awesome the final four george mason or vcu or butler or whatever but usually in terms of winning the title Right. It's a one seed, which winning the whole thing, of course, makes sense. Like, you know, for uh, for everything we talk about, like March, you know, oh my god, like it's the madness of March, which like obviously is what we love. In terms of, like actually winning it, like it's Gonzaga, like right. why would it not be Gonzaga? If your reason, like people's reason, is not a basketball reason, it's always just like, well, you know, they play in a shitty conference. Okay, right. but they played good teams and they blew right. out good teams. They blew they out. They are a good team. Like, just look at them. They've beaten the two, three, and four in their region already. Iowa, Kansas, Virginia, Gonzaga spanked all three of those teams. They beat a three seed West Virginia. Like, with that, let's uh, make our picks. Coming out of the West, I have Gonzaga. As do I. Coming out of the South, I have Baylor. Yeah, uh, I have Ohio State, the Ohio State. I, you know, and, and I'm not confident with that Baylor pick, and I purposely uh, have an asterisk next to it because I, I like may change it before right. the tournament starts. Right. Um, coming out of the Midwest, I have Illinois. So do I. And coming out of the East, I have those who are back. Oh. The Texas Longhorns. Okay. What I, like I saw it. out of them to end the season. Yeah. And just the, like the sheer combination of experience in the backcourt. True. 
talent and athleticism in the front court. Adversity overcome. A coach who's just fucking crazy and the, the team loves him. Like, it just has all the makings of a run. Would not be um, his first from a final good team. Four. Would not be his exactly. first final four. Yeah. Um, and did you know he recruited Matt Coleman uh, when he was at VCU? That's cool. So, um, I have the Texas Longhorns as my, like, surprise Final Four pick, I guess yeah. you could say. Who, yeah. who do you have? Um, so, I, like, I have all one seeds and two seeds, which I guess is kind of lame, but it's the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wow. So, I have worked my brain into a pretzel about Alabama. I started typing them out as, like, a possible disappointing team because it scares me that they've, like, never been there. Yes. Um, Nate Oates was the coach of Buffalo when they beat Arizona. That was cool. That was my title pick that year, Arizona, that they lost in on the first day of the tournament. Nailed it. I remember um, that. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Come yeah. On, buddy. Well, that dude just did not care. Um, but the actual players in Alabama have never been there, so that's understandably scary. But they're amazing. They're the second-best defense in the country, adjusted efficiency. Herbert Jones is a fucking dog. Like, that dude is just cold-blooded killer. Like, I don't know if you watched a lot of the SEC tournament, but, like, they were in some close games, and he was just like, nah, I'm taking over. Jaden Shackelford gets to the rim at, like, the second highest rate in the country. Um, Javon Quinterly is a really good point guard. Uh, John Petty has never shot a two-pointer in his life. Like, he just stands on the wing, and he's like, I'm here if you guys need me, like, and obviously, like you guys have have guys like uh, Jones and Shackelford and Quinterly who can get to the rim. They pass it out to Petty. I think they can beat Michigan. Wow. And and I guess wow. they would have to be Texas along the way, obviously. But so your reason for why the Big Ten you always bet on the Big Ten in the tournament yeah. is the reason why I did not take Alabama to beat Texas okay. is because like the SEC is the worst they've been obviously in forever. Understandable. They're pretty very like they're very strong at the top. LSU, Arkansas obviously. Yep. Um but I just have concerns with them playing, you know, cupcakes like like a Missouri team that sneaks in just purely because the SEC is so bad and they just like skated through. Um I Oklahoma over Missouri. Murdered. Yeah, Oklahoma over Missouri is my like lock of a century. <laughs> I have Missouri getting absolutely destroyed by a terrible be... Oklahoma team. Yeah, I can't um, wait for this to be thrown back in our face. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, back to Alabama. That's that's my sole reason why I doubt I them is because of the SEC. Well, like I said, I mean, I literally started talking about them by trying to write about like why I thought they were going to lose in the second round, and then I just like couldn't find a team that like, I fuck it. Final I four. I couldn't find a team that I thought would beat them. Uh, I understand your right. point about Texas. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not as high on Texas as you. Right. Um, Maryland. So, like, remember how I was saying that Maryland, they're a perfect team to beat somebody who has one player. Like Alabama is like amoeba. Like they just have all these different guys who can do it. It's like Morsell can't guard all five positions. So I mean, and if it's UConn, like UConn's a joke. So whatever. So like I have out Al- Alabama beating them. Alabama over Texas. I just like. I just think Alabama has that. Like there's just there's just more. Like uh, Alabama. It's just dogs to me. Like they're, it's just that's just an angry team. Right. They play angry. Like I don't know. I I really like this Alabama team. And then Michigan, like you said, I have Michigan in the Elite Eight. Um, but eventually, you have to think it's going to come back to haunt them that they don't have voters. Right, and it's so like it sucks for them. Really. No, it does. And they're talking, you know, and by any means, they have not ruled Livers out of coming back at some point. But I just really find it unrealistic because he's a broken foot so that does seem like an issue 
Right. Uh, I mean, Langford, uh, how long did it take Langford to come back? Basically like, two Literally years. two years. So uh, it's hard to see Livers playing on Saturday. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll wrap up here. How far do you have Michigan State going? Um, beating UCLA and losing to BYU. That's exactly where I have them as well. Um, you you uh, you brought up yesterday. You said I'd say the biggest concern for Michigan State is that BYU is good and they are not. And right. to that, I say agreed. That that is an issue. Um, I I really do hope for a nice, healthy tournament. I mean, like it, there's a lot on the line here, um, and there's already been concerns. So, and I also just don't really want Louisville suck. to play. Like I just want I want all teams well, to be in the right. field. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing too that I thought was funny is on ESPN yesterday. Like they kept saying like, "Oh, we like hope Virginia can play," and and like Reese Davis just kept being like, "I'm sorry, Louisville. Like I, yeah. I this is nothing against you. I literally just want like health in general <laughs> to be good." Dude, how about how about um, Ole Miss has to root for four teams? To, like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're like on standby that like a COVID outbreak takes place in Indianapolis. Right. Right, like basically the tournament has to be like postponed for like right. dude. Like literally, if three teams can't play or four teams can't play, like at that point, there's no chance the tournament's like continuing before Tuesday as well. By right, the way. true. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that is funny. But thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, everyone. This was a pretty long, extensive oh, one, yeah. but we know how yeah. serious some people take their pod or i mean their brackets um once again 2021 hoping for a perfect bracket and uh thanks for listening for sure.